I'm all about doing the most important activities. And I think so many of you, you need to write down, like, what are the things that like are most important that I must do? Like, I must follow up. I must build relationships. I must put out videos, right? Like some of those things are so important. Now, does that mean you should spend an hour and a half editing a video? Absolutely not. That's crazy town. Now, unless you're building like a mega brand and you're doing like next level things, maybe, but like an hour and a half editing a video, you know how many people you could have reached out to in 90 minutes, right? And gotten so much more accomplished with follow-ups, reach outs, connections, posting in, in Facebook groups, not to sell and pitch your stuff, but to make connections, ask questions. And, you know, maybe you end up rubbing a couple mom groups the wrong way. Sounds like <laughs> Sounds like groups you wouldn't want to be in anyway, but these are the things that move the needle that I think some people, they avoid that stuff. They avoid the hard work because that's the uncomfortable, but that's where success lives. Welcome to the biggest network marketing mistakes podcast, where we share the jaw-dropping stories and lessons behind the top 1% network marketers massive team building mistakes so you don't make them. Prepare to be blown away as we peel back the layers and expose the untold secrets and hacks deployed by the industry's finest. This podcast is designed specifically for faith-based network marketing leaders who refuse to sacrifice precious family time in pursuit of success. Ditch the burnout and embrace a life of freedom. I'm your host, Megan Miles, network marketing pro with over a decade of experience in the field here to serve you. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, and welcome. We are here actually live streaming today for the biggest network marketing mistakes podcast. Ooh. I'm have to throw a little kudos out to um some friends, um, Brandon and Kaylin Poulin launched a big network or big uh, business mistakes podcast earlier this year, fell in love with it. And I was like, hey, we should do this with network marketers. And so today I am joined by this amazing, amazing superstar legend, legend in the network marketing field who I'm super honored to uh, be partnered with. I'm going to introduce him here in a second. But if you're tuning in, I want you to smash a button in the comments. And I want you to throw a one, just put like mm -hmm. a one in the comments because you're here because you are a rock star. You're a number one. You're a legend in the making. And so um, I want to, I'm going to turn it over really to um, introduce for him to give us a welcome and then we'll dive in with some Q&A and such. But Mr. John Melton is a global network marketer. If you haven't heard of him, he invented um, the ATM system, the three-step social media system that has changed the game. He's <laughs> the game. Like it is so crazy. So he's just recovering from the flu. He was on an awesome company trip list last week. And um, so we're super grateful to get a little time with him. So John, why don't you um, just tell everybody a little bit more about you and we'll kind of dive in and I'm excited for everybody to get some wisdom and I'll drop into the Facebooks and comment and make sure to share this out right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, excited to be here. I love your energy. This is why we get along so well because I'm all about energy, passion, enthusiasm. And if you don't love what you're doing, why would anyone else be attracted to it? Why would anyone else be excited if you're not excited? And I always say, tell your face. Because some people say, John, I'm so excited. I'm just like super pumped. But 
at the end of the day, if you're not showing up on camera, if you're not showing up in Messenger, right, having those one-on-one -on -one conversations or maybe even hopping on FaceTime or a Zoom or a call, like if you're not excited, why would anyone else be? So I'm excited to bring some fire, bring some some energy and uh, bring some knowledge to the table today. I've been doing this now for 22 years. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I rode the struggle bus for years and years and years, and I sucked big time. I was just terrible. I just wasn't good at this. But uh, because of personal development, because I had mentorship, because uh, you know, I, I just had this this never give up attitude, even though I there were days I quit. I just didn't say it out loud. I didn't tell anybody else except for maybe Nadia. <laughs> um, you know, we just kept going. And eventually, eventually, we started to, to see some success. And I think it took us about seven years to crack a full-time income, 16 years to become millionaires. And, uh, you know, last year was our biggest year ever. I think, you know, there's a lot of people right now looking for something new. They're looking to sink their teeth in something, you know, so they can supplement or even replace their income. But, you know, the key to success is you have to have long-term vision. Because, yeah, sure, some people that just started following us might be like, wow, those guys are so good at what they do. But, uh, you know, it's really hard to imagine when you look up to someone, you look up to someone like Megan, you look up to, you know, your mentor, your upline, your leader in your company. You sometimes don't realize like what they had to go through to get to where they are today, where they are your mentor. Right. But the truth is, you know, the only way they can really teach you what to do and what not to do. You know, you're talking about those network marketing mistakes. It's because we made them right? We made those mistakes. You know, we failed forward. We failed our way to the top. That's how we can mentor and guide others because we've been doing this for so long. And we went through those trials and tribulations to get on the other side of it. And still, by the way, still today, there are challenges. Still today, I make mistakes. That's that's how it works. That's growth. That's that's how things happen for, for anyone in this profession. It's it's through the trial and error. It's through the mistakes. It's through the 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 you, you do more learning than earning in the early years. Eventually, you can remove the L. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I am so excited, too. I've got my headphone down because everyone's like, where's the link? Where's the link? So trying to share this out. But um, I, I so appreciate that. And I love that you just said, too, John, about, you know, oh, my gosh. One thing I love to be tell people because I like to be authentic, right? It's like, look, let me tell you the real scoop because I think most people, especially most top leaders, like they will tell their teams what they think their teams need to hear or whatever will keep them driving with the volume yep. rather than what their team needs to know and what real success looks like. Yeah. And you know, most, most often I feel like giving up sometimes every day, yeah. like I go through seasons of yeah. just, <clears throat> that's is hard right? It's, it's, you're carrying a responsibility. It's not made for everyone, but it's made for a lot of us. And it's just a piece of the day. Like yeah. I'd rather be successful and look at, Oh snap, like I got to do this and this, then look at my life and be like, I have no options. Mm. Right. So anyways, I, so I'd love to dive in of, um, into like, what would you say would be out of, I mean, obviously like the biggest mistake that maybe you have a story or, you know, what would be like the biggest mistake that you feel like you've made in your entire network marketing career? Uh, I can't even believe I'm asking you this. I'm like, yeah. yes, John, give us the juicy details. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, listening to the wrong people, that can be a, that can be a huge mistake, right? Because, you know, back in the day <clears throat> I was really in, I was a lot younger, right? So I was, easily influenced back then by successful people. The problem was a lot of them just, they didn't have a very good moral compass, 
if you will. Like they didn't really have integrity. And you always got to watch out for the companies and the leaders that talk all about integrity. Typically, those are the ones that like don't have a lot of integrity. Like, why do you have to keep selling me on how much integrity you have? Like integrity is just example, right? It's just like keeping your word. It's like being a good human, like treating people with like respect and dignity, even when they quit. Right. Even when they go become a competitor. Right. Like there's a lot of things, especially as you become a leader, like I always say, yeah, mo money, mo problems. Right. That's a rap song, but it's also a fact. Right. Mo money, mo problems. And, you know, bigger the paychecks, bigger the problems. So, you know, people think like, oh, look how successful Megan is, look how comfortable and confident she is on camera. Or, you know, look at Joan. Right. She's got so much experience and expertise and so much wisdom. And, you know, look at John and Nadia like they. They, you know, they are always showing up and they're always doing like, you know, such high level things. It's like, yeah, but we paid the price. And by the way, we, like I said, still have lots of problems and challenges. Like it's, it's not something that you ever get away from. Right. I love, I love the uh, uh, quote by Tony Robbins. He says, you know, the only problem with people is they expect not to have any. Mm, <laughs> the only so good. Nadia's over there. Mm. So, it, but it's so true. It's so true. It's like the only problem people we expect not to have any. Like, why is there traffic? Like, dude, there's traffic every day for everyone. You know, why has it got to be cold or why is it so hot? It's like, dude, you live in the desert. Like, it's just funny how people are. And we're all, by the way, we're all like this, right? We're all like this. We all, we all have like certain things like that, that you know, pet peeves, if you will, right? We got those pet peeves. And, and I think we can all appreciate the fact that like to be successful in business and lead a team, like my team is thousands and thousands of people all over the world. Like you got to have some patience. You got to have some tenacity. You got to have some flexibility. Like you're dealing with different people, different personalities, different styles, different uh, goals, different different countries and cultures, and just all the things. It's it's definitely not easy money, but typically easy money is sleazy money. So you have to know that it's going to be challenging. There's going to be you know struggles. You're going to make bad decisions, and I, that's what I did in those early days. I made bad decisions by who I listened to because they were slick talking. You know, they, they said all the right things in front of the room and even to me directly. But, you know, after years of working with those people, like I, I, I ignored those red flags in the early years. Later on, I was like, mm -mm, I'm not in, there. There's people out there. They tell you who they are, but you want to believe there's someone else because you're a good human. You're a good person. And you want to believe that, like, this person is good, even though you're seeing the red flags but you're choosing to ignore them. And I'm just telling you, like, you got to kill the monster when it's a baby, right? You got to kill the monster. So if you have people on your team or in your upline and like, they are just not a good person, like they lack that moral compass, like you need to either part ways or just not work with those people because they will drag you down. And the fact is like, this is what's hard about network marketing is that anyone can do it. It's a beautiful thing that anyone can do it, but it's also the worst part about our business that anybody can do it. And sometimes the people that choose to get involved are not always people with ethics and morals. And it's, you know, that was probably early on. Those were some of the mistakes I made, but it actually made me a better leader later because I learned what not to do. Number one, number two, I made better decisions later with who I partnered up with, because to me, it's just so important to have leadership, you know, corporate leadership, but also upline and downline leadership that are like just good people and they treat people with respect and dignity. If they say they're going to do something, they do it. If they make a mistake, they apologize. I don't want to work with crazy narcissistic egomaniacs, you know, and ultimately, you know, if, if, if the person that is deciding your fate or that runs the company or is in your upline, like those big leaders are those people, 
it, it, it can definitely cause long-term problems. And I'm sure all of us can relate to this in one way or another, whether it's in your personal life, or maybe you had a job, a boss, an owner, a manager, maybe someone in school, maybe someone in your family is like this. Like we know those, those types of people, those toxic people, you have to avoid them. And that would probably be one of the biggest mistakes. But I learned a lot from that big mistake you know, joining those people way back when, being a part of those organizations, because I learned that I didn't want to be like them. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Well, one thing I love too about you, I mean, you know, we we actually, after getting to know you, made a decision to even partner with you because we so admired like your integrity without even having to say, yeah. you know, all the things. I have so much integrity, watch <laughs> me. Yeah. But I mean, you know, one of the biggest <laughs> things that I've learned too, almost 11 years in is, is is choosing who we partner with, making sure that they have integrity, not by what they say, but why, why they, what they do. Yes. And one thing that I love, John, about you and Nadia is you guys know how to make people feel good. Like yeah. I even get choked up saying this of like, feel good and feel empowered and feel purpose in their business. Yeah. And that to me is one of the biggest pieces to leadership. And that is why most teams end up failing because they don't feel they belong. They don't feel they have purpose. They don't feel loved yeah. no matter what season they're in, no matter even if they're only plugging in to a small level, yeah. they feel loved the exact same way. And yeah. that, that's what I love about you guys, truthfully, is that is that component component to your leadership. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, right now, especially so many people are like, they are feeling the, the, the downward of the COVID, like, you know, so strong, right? I mean, we're going into a recession, blah, 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 all the things, right? But that's just business. Like a lot of people are experiencing this, like, oh, it's like, it's like, no, that's how businesses are, yeah. right? So you mean it doesn't just go up forever? Yeah, right. It's, right. Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, well, I love the quote you said about Tony Robbins because people, you know, people want to have these big results, but they're not willing to go through some frustration, mm -hmm. some struggle. Like I tell my team, cause you know, we do a lot of like automation and stuff and there's a lot of struggles. Some of them even might be here, right? There's a lot of struggles. There's it's a learning curve, all the things. And I'm like, y'all, you know how many nights I cried myself to sleep trying to figure out some of this crazy stuff that is a huge skill set, yeah. right? It's like, don't wonder why you're going through the pain when you're going to create this mega result. Yeah. But anyways, I, I, I digress as usual, as I think you and I both do. <laughs> it's like, that's why we're so similar. My question is when the going gets tough in business, what do you do? And what should other people be doing, especially right now? Because I know you guys are doing it very effectively and efficiently, right? Mm -hmm. What do you suggest to network marketers out there that are like, my team is an eighth? I definitely think being a part of like masterminds, going to events, like events outside your company, like going to your company events is like just an automatic, like that shouldn't even be a thing that you have to be sold on. That's just like common sense. Like when are the events for my company? Okay, those are top priority because I'm going to bring my team, right? I'm bringing people to those events. And if someone says, I don't have a team, all the more reason to go to the event, you need to learn some ish, right? But um, I want to say around 2015, we joined our first mastermind and that was a game changer for us. And we've been in masterminds. Sometimes we're in multiple, like this year, we're in multiple masterminds and going to event. Like Nadia literally bought this like package deal to attend like, four Tony Robbins events 
And now she does them virtual. We did go to his in-person business mastery, which was like the best that we ever went to for for business purposes and like money and investments and stuff like that back in 2019, right before COVID actually. Uh, but since then, she's done all his like virtual events. And I think in-person is way better. See, I think we can get away with doing virtual because we've been doing this for 20 plus years. But honestly, you have to be at the event in person. Like I'm going to GoPro, even though he has a virtual ticket, I'm going to GoPro in the beginning of December, even after 22 years, I'm still going to that event in person. And if I'm still going to events in person after 22 years, doesn't it make sense that you should too? And that's probably one of the biggest X factors. So it's like, you know, I knew last year things were getting weird. I could sense it. I could see it a mile away. And because of that, I'm like, I'm going to GoPro. So I went last year. And then I was like, I'm probably going to join his mastermind. And of course, at the event, he talked about his mastermind. We ended up joining. And, you know, it was $30,000. You have to be making $250,000 a year or more. And so it's mostly like big time six and seven figure earners. And there's people in there that make more than I do. They have bigger businesses than I do. And, you know, I hope that doesn't sound like like arrogant, but it's just like, I don't, you know, I don't think anyone in my company makes more than more money than I do at this point. Right. So to be around people that are actually making more than I am, or they're, you know, big time seven figure earners in these other companies, like it's, it's encouraging, it's inspiring, but also you, you get to see what are all these other people doing, all these other top dogs doing, right. I'll go to a Rob Sperry mastermind and I still, I'm taking notes and learning. I mean, there's always something to be learned from going to events, going to masterminds, going to team retreats, going to, you know, whatever it is, like just plugging yourself in because the thing is you're going to, you're going to come across other people that are just like you, or they're like five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead. They're three years ahead. They're 10 years ahead. They're one year behind you and you can help them. And then that's inspiring too, right? Being able to help other people makes you feel good. Cause you're like, damn, like I actually, I'm worthy. I'm valuable. Like I can help these people, even though I have my problems, but I figured out this stuff and this is the stuff that these people are struggling with. So I can help them with this and who knows, maybe some of them can help me with this. Right. So at the end of the day, you, you have to get plugged in with, you know, whether it's virtual, which is still better than nothing. Right. I'm sure there's some people watching or listening to this. that are getting value from it. So there's still value in the virtual, but man, there's something about being with people in person and, uh, surrounding yourself, being in those environments, being in that atmosphere, like you're going, some things are taught, some things are caught. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're at an event and you're around people, man, it's just, there's just something so powerful about that, especially when you're struggling. Like, I cannot tell you how many people they're like, you know, struggling, thinking about quitting, business is going, and then they go to an event, they're like, Ooh, they're all excited again. They come out on fire like they were back when they first got started and they were ignorance on fire, right? It's like they recharge that battery and they get after it all over again. And, you know, I think that's, that's probably the biggest key to our success, especially over the last like 10 plus years is that, and actually even before then we were in this old school company, they would have events every 90 days. We couldn't even go to other generic events because literally there was no time for it. We did a Saturday training every Saturday for five years straight. And then we went to an international convention, which was a three-day event. We went to that every 90 days for seven years. Super for Saturday, right? Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. <laughs> it was it was literally all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. I mean, it was like and, and night. Like it's like, I mean, it was just like the whole, it was insane. And you'd be so exhausted after the event was over, come home. And then it's like, everybody's all excited. So now you got to get back to work. And we were out doing meetings every night. It was a grind. But again, we paid the price. 
And now today people look at us and they're like, oh my gosh, they're so good at what they do. And they've, they've been so successful. But the truth is like most people would have never done the things we did back then. But I got to say, that's, that's what kept me in the game. Even when I was struggling, even when I was frustrated, you know, you go to those events, man, you just hear all these stories You're with all these people and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to quit. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I, dude, yeah, we had every quarterly event, we had the super Saturdays nonstop. It was mm -hmm. like, there was no time to actually implement. And I think not to say that it was necessarily bad because learned so much from that, of course. And yeah. like you said, that's what shaped you and your guys' success. But what I love too, is like, you know, you had us out for your retreat at like the, what, what do we call it? The, the millionaire mansion, Destin, your, what are your properties? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Mega cool property. And Loved having like being there for that retreat. A like I said, made us feel so good. Like I've never, never, I mean, never been to something like that. It was incredible. Yeah, you guys made us feel so amazing. But what I loved, and this is so great, just even as a coach or you know working with a team or working with people, is you made it an experience. Mm -hmm. Also allowed, gave us time to implement in the moment. Yeah, like, it was like these two-hour mastermind sessions with real stuff, and then let's implement a little bit, like a workshop style, and then let's go to dinner, or let's go throw axes, or let's go yeah. do some crazy stuff. You know, let's go have some fun. But people need people, especially today, and like we need to feel connected. And if somebody can feel connected to mm -hmm. you, guess what? they have a higher chance of joining you in your business and, and, and partnering with you when you feel yeah. connected. Right. And so yeah. I love that you bring up the in-person stuff because I'm definitely one that's like, I can't do it every weekend. I would, if I could, you know, being a single mom, like if I like, I love being a mom, but if I didn't, I was sign me up for everything. Right. Yeah, I mean, our mindset is if we can do something once a quarter, you know, that's the minimum, right. Going to something like yeah. that once a quarter you know, four times a year is, yeah. is definitely a goal for us. Now, sometimes it seems like it's once a month, but that's only because we're also like doing our own events or it's like, sometimes we're like, Ooh, we want to go to that event. And, you know, yeah. maybe we get asked to speak, right? Like Ray Higdon's event. Hey, can you guys come down and speak? But also it's like a really great opportunity for us to connect with people, have fun. Like, so, you know, if you can incorporate the fun aspect, like you said, the experience aspect, yeah. And then that connection with people and you're learning and growing, like that's that, that double whammy. Right. And I'm sure we'll be asked to speak at GoPro as well. You know, we'll probably speak on a panel or something, but even if we weren't, I would go because I like being a part of stuff like that. And of course our company events, right? Like we've got a big, big, our big, uh, uh annual conference in February in California. And then, um, our European, uh, conference, annual conference is going to be in Paris in March. And you know, we're going to that one. So, yeah. you know, for us, we try our best to plug in and be a part of things like that and not miss events. Obviously, sometimes, you know, it is what it is. But for the most part, we, we get to as many events as possible. And I think for anyone that's serious, like that has to be a big priority. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm curious, this might be a, a question for the Russian hammer, but maybe you can, you know, um, answer it to your best capability. I'm just kidding. I know you can answer it, but um, <clears throat> the Russian hammer, by the way, is John's wife, Nadia. She's like the cutest thing ever. We call her the Russian hammer. She just, <laughs> come on, Nadia, just do a little twirl. Shake that little thing. Come on. I know you can hear me back. <laughs> do a little smile and twirl. She's like, uh-oh, no. Um, but anyway, she's, she's incredible. And 
what I love is they have such a great partnership too in their marriage where, you know, John is like, they're both people, people, they both have, they can both do it all, but they are strategic in leveraging, yeah. you know, the, the working with people and then the, the kind of running the systems and things like that, which I am obsessed with systems. I'm a system yeah. person. What would you say is like the biggest mistake you see network marketers make when they hire their first virtual assistant? Mm. Um, because we teach this actually a little bit in our program of like hiring your, you know, our challenges and stuff like that. Um, and so for our team, we actually give them SOPs. We give them, you know, show them how to set up automations for dummies, things like that. But for somebody out there who's like, I'm just wanting to start to automate a little bit, maybe hire my first virtual assistant from the Philippines, um, international who can help me with, you know, just a little bit extra part time, five to 10 yeah. hours. What do you see as the biggest mistake made there typically? Um, well, you got to as the saying goes, hire slow and fire fast, right? So <laughs> you want to make sure you you interview at least three qualified candidates before you hire someone, maybe even give them some work to do, test them out a little bit because, you know, and, and it should always be like, you know, starting out like contract work, like don't fully commit to like, hey, you know, it's like I'm hiring you and you're full time or, you know, just like test them, play you know, play with it a little bit to kind of see like, hey, I'm going to have this person work on some graphics. I'm going to have this person work on some social media and kind of like, you know, like contract work, right? Test them out. And then, you know, based on, you know, their work ethic, their abilities, then you can decide if you want to, you know, bring them on board. And the beauty is once you actually hire a couple of really good people and, you know, you've been working with them for six months, 12 months, you got them trained up, they can actually help you with hiring and training other VAs. Once you get to that point where you're so profitable and your business is blowing up, I mean, it's it's real. Every time we hire someone new, we make more money, you know, because we're we're having them help out in a different, you know, faculty in our business. Like they're they're bringing something new to the table, something that like maybe either a one of us was doing, or b our VA was doing, and they were getting overwhelmed and inundated and they couldn't keep up, or c something totally different that we've been wanting to implement, we just didn't have the bandwidth, and now we do, right? So. You know, it just kind of depends on what you're looking for that person to help you with. And I think that's sometimes part of the problem is people are all over the place. So like, you know, using like project broadcasts and boards and, you know, hiring VAs and all that stuff is way more advanced. And I think some people it's like they're trying to do all this automation and like outsourcing to avoid the actual work. Yes. So yes. first you need to actually get like you know, through the, the, the challenging times of like building up your confidence, building up the foundation, building up the consistency, building up a, a decent check. Right. But you start making three, four, 5,000 a month. Like it's a no brainer to bring on at least one VA. Now you start making six figures. Now you should have at least a couple VAs. And like you said, they can be in the Philippines. So they're like virtual. They're not that expensive. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're such amazing people. Like all the people that work for us, they're like so grateful. They're so like, just, just helpful. And, and they never get frustrated. They never get angry. They never have a bad attitude. Like they're always just so gracious and they work so hard for us and they make a lot of money at this point because, you know, compared to the, the dollar, right. The money they make is significant. So, you know, that feels, feels really good too. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I see people sometimes, you know, biting off more than they can chew. You know, it's like, they're barely making 500 a month and they're like, I need project broadcast. I need to like, you know, uh, learn these like automation funnels and uh, I need to hire some VAs. And I'm like, dude, like you're not even making a check with a comma. Like 
let's yeah. let's let's build up a little more of a foundation first. I mean, of course, if someone has like another income, like maybe they're like a full time realtor, full time they, they do something full time job, like they can afford it. Okay, maybe maybe their TikTok is now blowing up and they can't keep up with all the comments, or they're being put in Facebook jail, so they almost need another person to help with their inbox and all the messages. Okay, yeah, you can justify, but still you should be making at least a thousand dollars a month. I mean, my God. So I think some people, you know, they're trying to do things. They're trying to put the cart before the horse. They're trying to do things that are more advanced prematurely. And really they need to build up like just those, those fundamentals first, build up a little foundation of business, build a little foundation of a following. Then those things make more sense. But yeah, once you start making three, 4,000 a month, I would highly recommend hiring someone to help you. And like you said, even if it's just five to 10 hours a week, you know, just super part time, but they can help with some of the, the busy work that maybe, you know, is either a like time sucking or energy sucking, right? You just like, don't enjoy doing it or B it's something that uh, is not really an income producing activity, but you know, it needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? So they can really help offset some of your weaknesses and they can even, what I love about some some people, the way they use their VAs is, you know, like they're, they have little kids. So maybe in the mornings, right, when they're getting their kids ready, doing all the things like they, they can't really get online until like, let's say 10 a.m. So they have their VA work from like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So that's like four hours in the morning. Their VA is helping with their inbox, helping with their their team, helping with, you know, comment, whatever. They're helping with something while they're doing their thing with their family. And then they're hopping online at 10 a.m., running their business from 10 to 3. Maybe then the VAs come back on at night. You know, you get to that point. This is why I always tell people, you should map out what would your perfect day look like? And I don't mean like sipping on pina coladas on the beach, because you're not just going to do that every day for yeah. like years, right? But what would your perfect like work day look like? Like, what are the things you love doing? What are the things you'd love to do on a daily basis? Maybe you want to go play pickleball. Maybe you want to work out with your spouse. Maybe you want to, you know, wh whatever it is, right? Like there's probably things that like you wish you could just do them every day and you can incorporate those things. Like I have a home gym. I work out every day just about, and I've incorporated that into my perfect day. So figure out what that perfect day looks like and focus on those income producing activities. Focus on your goals, SOPs. You talked about that, right? Because that's another mistake that people make is they have like one or two VAs that they hire that are like really good and they do all the things. And then one of them quits or one of them gets sick or one of them wants time off. And you're like, wait, I didn't think about this. Like what does happen when you take time off? Like Who's going to take on your responsibilities? Yeah. So you want to put SOPs in place with what those VAs are doing. So that way, if God forbid, like they decide to quit, they decide to move on, like part ways, you fire them, whatever, like those tasks are very much documented and someone else can step in. Maybe you have two VAs. So like when the one VA takes off, the other VA can step in and take on their tasks. Like you need to have those, those, you know, for those who don't know what an SOP is, it's standard operating procedure. So you have those SOPs in place so that you don't skip a beat if that person decides to go somewhere else or, you know, they're sick, takes time off, whatever. Yeah. So good. I love it. Um, God, I was just going to say something about what you said. I, I, one, one little piece, I kind of forgot. I'll come back to it later, but um, I love that you said even, you know, I think the main goal is that you don't try to automate something that isn't fully converting yet, right? Yeah. Like the automation isn't going to build your business for you. The automation is going to scale. Yeah. The biggest difference between six and seven figure earners is, uh, is scaling 
systems, right? Automation systems. But I think, yes, today, it's funny, people message me almost every day. What what kind of automation are you doing? It's like, like, it's this new thing. It's like, automation has always existed in some sense. Like you, like my bills are on auto pay. My groceries are on auto ship, ship, you know, every week, my Amazon stuff. Like, it's so funny, but you can increase your bandwidth. And like the other day, I'm actually hiring a a gal, uh, a nail girl to come, a mobile nail artist to come. I don't do anything crazy, just but to come do my nails while I'm training. And someone's like, that's so bougie. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's 25 minutes to get to the nail salon because the two here suck, honestly. The two down the street. 25 minutes there, 25 minutes back. I used to fight with them every time about the color. They forget. I'm like, I'd rather order my freaking big thing of color on wholesale, have someone come do my nails while I train. I just made my hourly rate. Like rather than spending time in the car. And so anyway, sorry, I'm on my rant because I actually got kicked out of a Facebook group for asking for suggestions because she thought I was trying to like sell stuff, you know, in a Facebook group because it was, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm heated. Yeah, I was in a mom's group and they like banned my comment. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm genuinely a single mom, busy. I have a business. I'm not just trying to do a post to get engagement and recruit people. I'm actually trying to get a recommendation. I want to hire someone good. And so I went back and forth. I had to, you know, I just like, you know, sometimes you just have to like get it out on someone. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, but the reason I say this is most people do not value their time. Exactly. They don't recognize that that saving $20 that you could pay extra or $30, whatever to have someone come rather than they'd rather waste a whole hour and a half there and back. When if you did them, I did the math. So let's just say even you're making a thousand dollars a month and you're working your business, actually working your business 10 hours a week, you're making $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. So it would be worth it if you're converting to hire someone for five to seven an hour so you can double your results. Bingo. Anyways, I don't know if you have anything to spread. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're looking to build yep. a full-time income, right, you want to make six or seven figures, like time is money. And, and you know, the hour you spend gardening or, or, you know, cutting the grass or doing dishes, like, you know, cleaning the house, like, sure. Yeah. There's a cost, there's an expense to hiring someone else to do some of those things, but unless you love doing it, that's, that's the caveat. Like Nadia loves gardening, so that's different. But if there's things that like you, like I am never, I've never cut the grass and I never will. Like, that's just not my thing. I don't want to do it. I don't care about doing it. I, You know, there's guys out there, like, they love their lawn. It's like, I could give to. Nadia cares more about it than I do. We outsource, <laughs> we outsource that stuff, right? Because guess what? I can't outsource lifting weights. Unfortunately, I cannot hire someone else yeah. to build my muscles. I can't hire someone else to do an interview like this. I can't hire people to mentor my leaders, mentor my teammates. I can't hire people to do some of those things. Like it's just, you know, now there is AI and there's some like technology out there that like maybe one day, like you can interview my AI. I don't know. Like there's some cool things, but you know, right now that's not, not a thing. It doesn't exist. And I think we have to realize like, what are the income producing activities? What are the things that give us joy, give us energy? What are the things that suck our joy and suck our energy, right? Like avoid those things and avoid those people, right? Avoid those people. I talked about this in the beginning, you know, like you, you really don't want someone else raising your children. Now that doesn't mean you should never like hire a babysitter or have daycare or have teachers. I'm not saying that I'm saying like, you know, there are some things that you are the one 
You have to do those activities. You have to be that person. You have to be the, the, the person in your business for certain activities. You have to be the person in your personal life with certain activities. But there are some things that, you know, like you said, if you could hire someone, whether it's a virtual assistant for your business, right? Or you could not even forget about even hiring people for a second. You said something about automating your bill pay. Exactly. Right. Automation, delegation. How about this? You ever get in fights with your kids? For those of you that have kids and dogs, because like nobody let the dog out and the dog pooped in the house and you get all, all upset. And it's like, how about you sit down with your significant other, if you have one, and write down SOPs for that too and say, okay, Monday, you know, Jerry's responsible for the dog, right? Tuesday, Susie's responsible for the dog. And that way you have organization, you have structure in place. So now there's not this frustration. Like I'll give you another example with dinner, okay? Nadia cooks dinner. Typically, she makes a delicious meal. I say typically because I don't know why, but she always makes a good meal. So she makes dinner and then I do the dishes. I typically wash the dishes and Christina will dry the dishes. Now, are there times that doesn't happen? Yes. But for the most part, that's what happens. I clean them. Christina dries them and puts them away. Now, you might say, why not use the dishwasher? I don't know. Ask the Russians. They don't like dishwashers. Okay. I don't know why. It's an argument that we, we had years ago. We lost. So we just wash the dishes, okay? So long story short, that's something that we decided we were gonna have responsibilities and that's just what it is. So if Christina complains, we're like, hey, it is what it is. You have no choice. There is no choice. There is no argument versus it being like, who's gonna do them tonight, right? And then Nadia gets mad because she has to do them because no one else will do them. We'll say things like back in the day, we'd say, we'll just do them in the morning, right? <laughs> Yeah. And then, of course, Nadia's mom, who lives with us, her, her parents actually live with us, which is always that's a whole other crazy conversation. But, you know, so the mom will end up doing them and then she's in a bad mood for three days because we left dirty dishes in the dish. Now, you might say, well, John, isn't it your house? Yes, exactly. But that's just what it happens. It's Russians, man. They're crazy. <laughs> Love them, but they cray crack. <laughs> Nadia's over here. In the but at least they look good in Gucci. Am I right or am I right? Yes. Yeah, you know, it's funny when we go to Europe, we're like. Why is America so lazy and just sloppy? You know, you go over there, man. It's like everyone, it doesn't matter where you are. You go to Greece, Italy, France, UK, everybody just dresses nicer. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I love that you said that about, um, God, I'm losing my thoughts. I'm getting old already. Jeez. <laughs> oh, about need some, need some logic coffee. You see, I do. Yeah, I do. I need to go drink the coffee for sure. Um, so it's it's wasted energy when you then yeah. have to fight over that rather than predetermining what's yeah. going to happen, right? Like yeah. even my pastor says, predetermine your response to things that could ha potentially happen, right? If your spouse cheats on you, like that's a, that's a deep one, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, what's yeah. going to be your response? If your business starts to fall, like what's going to be your response rather than getting in this reactive and then wasting energy yeah. or like, you know, I've got a family member staying here with me too yeah. and some of the stuff i'm like oh my gosh this is wasted energy fighting yeah. over like and it's my fault because i didn't set yeah. I'm, i know better right but when you start to treat yeah boundaries and then starting to treat your life run your life the way you run your business in a very strategic way you can now increase your desired results yeah so yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's amazing. Like now when I like, somebody will say, Hey, can you send me like what your VAs do? 
And I'm like, be ready. Because <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like lists and everything is so structured, like with the posting schedule and the promos and the, oh my gosh, the customer support, just the way they handle so much. Like all of my VAs are like in all the team chats. So they're constantly helping with so much. And I like literally can't even imagine what my lifestyle would look like if I didn't have them. And, yeah. and, and plus my business wouldn't be where it is today. I mean, it's just no way it would be impossible for me to do all the things that I do or the things that our virtual team does, you know, like I would, there's things that they do that I couldn't even do. Like I, they, they, there's questions they answer. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Like they're literally helping with things that sure four or five years ago that didn't even exist. But now it's like, literally they can log in my back office. They can pull up reports. They can, you know, do leaderboards. I mean, they can do all the things that it's just like busy work, but it's things that need to be done. Yeah. It's things that like are so valuable. Like I can come up with a promo idea. I'm like, Hey guys, I got this idea. I want boom, 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 boom. I'm going to put an X amount of dollars. I'm going to do this and this. And I'm like, create it. And they just do. And they put everything together. I have nothing. To, I have to approve it, but they're the ones that put the whole thing together, you know? So, and, and because we've been working together for so long, you know, at this point, they kind of know what I like, how I operate. I mean, that is just such a powerful thing. And it's a conversation that like, you know, conversations like this might not get as many views and clicks because it's like so advanced to people. It blows their mind. But this is the stuff for those of you that are like, trying to get to that six and seven figure income, you know, that next level threshold, this is the stuff that holds people back. Like if I sat down with someone and just watched the things they do throughout the day, it would probably drive me freaking crazy with how much time they waste on things that don't move the needle. Or if you saw me, it's like, all I'm doing is like talking. I mean, literally last night I get a message from a woman because I did a quick little blurb about my business, about my products for Black Friday. And I never talked to this woman before. She sees my story. She asks about the products and she's like, I might also want to learn more about the business. And I'm like, you know, it's like nine o'clock at night. Like I don't work late, you know? So I'm just like, I gave her my link. She's like, can I also see your enrollment link? I'm like, sure. Send her my enrollment. Like, dude, she bought an XM kit, dropped $500. I didn't even add her to the groups. I don't even know her. Now that's not normal, right? That's not normal. She's just one of those like total red apple, but you know, we'll see what she does. I literally don't know this person bought an XM kit just like that. I'm like, welcome to the team this morning. I'm like, holy crap. So the point is, you know, those are the things that move the needle. I'm not going to necessarily, now my VAs actually will help respond to leads and stuff like that. But like, I'm also all up in those inboxes, right? So I'm all about doing the most important activities. And I think so many of you, you need to write down, like, what are the things that like are most important that I must do? Like I must follow up. I must build relationships. I must put out videos, right? Like some of those things are so important. Now, does that mean you should spend an hour and a half editing a video? Absolutely not. That's crazy town. Now, unless you're building like a mega brand and you're doing like next level things, maybe, but like an hour and a half editing a video, you know how many people you could have reached out to in 90 minutes, right? And gotten so much more accomplished with follow-ups, reach outs, connections, posting in, in Facebook groups, not to sell and pitch your stuff, but to make connections, ask questions. And, you know, maybe you end up rubbing a couple mom groups the wrong way. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like groups you wouldn't want to be in anyway. But these are the things that move the needle that I think some people, they avoid that stuff. They avoid the hard work because that's the uncomfortable, but that's where success lives. And you'd be shocked by how many people that even sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to approach this person or I don't know how I'm going to like, I don't know how I'm going to transition to like building rapport to like seeing if they're open. 
but I'm just going to do it, rip off the Band-Aid. And the response is amazing. And you're like, damn, I almost didn't do it. So yeah. I know that's what most people, that's where they really struggle. It's just getting over their fear of rejection and fear of embarrassment, fear of judgment. Like if you can get over that, you will flourish in this profession. Yeah. So good. I love it. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that's actually exactly why I'll drop in the chat here in a minute. Um, you know, my, I have like a one hour workday framework and everything on there. It's a daily recruiting system is just like post to the Facebook group, do all the things like keep it organized and just check it off and do it and do yep. it in the nooks and crannies and everything else will like come into place. But if you don't do that stuff, nothing else matters. So Bingo. that's so good. Um, cool. Well, um, anything else? Well, I would like to ask you, because I love to ask this on this podcast, is if there's any like, um, you know, a lot of us, we we have a Bible study, things like that. Like what what would be maybe your favorite scripture that you have? Or, you know, I know you guys are a faith-based family. Uh, favorite scripture, just overall message that like keeps you anchored in your your life and business every day, John? Yeah, I, I like this one. It's cast your burden, because you, you told me this ahead of time, cast your bur- burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. Mm. I think that's a really okay. good one. I yeah. love that. When you asked me that, that was one of the ones I really liked. That's good. I love it. So good. Um, anything else you'd like to share? I thank you for your time. I, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for people that are serious, the people that are hungry, like you got to get better. You've got to get better and you got to recruit better people. This is probably like, duh, but it's just, it needs to be said over and over again. Like how many of you would be excited if you recruited a Megan, right? Everybody would be excited about that. But Megan would never join, just like I would never join someone that I don't look up to, someone I don't respect, someone that I don't think can help me and my teammates win. So you have to be the person you want to recruit. You got to get better at your social media. You got to become a better communicator. You got to work on you. You have to like blow people away with how much you've grown and developed yourself. Like if you were to, if you met me a year ago, you wouldn't recognize me today. So let me reintroduce myself. Does that make some sense? Like I think so many of us need to realize the value in that personal development, you know, cuz people will say, you know, it's all about consistency. Mm, yeah, kind of, but also consistently improving, consistently getting better. Like if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's not working. That's not the solution here. You can't just post and pray. You can't just, oh, I've reached out to my five people. Like, well, what did you say to them? You know, what were their responses? Like, what are you doing to improve? What are you doing to develop your skills? Because once you get better, which, you know, it's a slow process, but if you get better and you recruit better people, I'm telling you, over time, you will become the leader that you look up to today. You will be just as good, if not better. Like I actually make more money and have a bigger business than 99.9% of the people that I used to look up to, the people that used to be my mentors. A lot of them aren't even in network marketing anymore. Isn't that crazy? So just keep getting better. Make that a top priority because if you get better and you're talking to better people, you're recruiting better people. If they're not coming to you, you got to go to them. You got to do the uncomfortable. Make sense? Makes sense. I think some people are ready to go light up some fire, make some things happen in the best month of the year in network marketing. Uh, John, you are incredibly gracious with your time. Thank you for making this time with us today. We're going to have this. um, Usually this isn't live, but we're going to have this uploaded to our podcast. So for those of you um, that get when you get that, you know, share that with your teams. Share this because if you got value and drop your takeaways down below, I want to see like boom, boom, takeaways down in the comments. Let us know what you learned because 
obviously, if we, you know, the more love we give John, the more, you know, he's likely to maybe come back one day. So that's right. more love and maybe convince the Russian hammer too. So yeah. <laughs> that's, right, that, that, that's, that's a bigger request. I know. I know. I know. Trust me. I know. I haven't put in for it yet. Don't worry. I got to uh, make some moves first. And, you there know, you, there you go. You're amazing, um, Megan. But hey, thanks. I appreciate you. And I'm so proud of you. You have been absolutely slang in so many ways and it's very inspiring. So congrats. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys, have a great day. Hi, everyone. Hey, I hope you got massive value from today's podcast. If you did, please leave us a review of what you loved. I read every single comment and review. And hey, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when we drop new interviews so you can stay up to date on all the ninja hacks to building a seven-figure network marketing business. Hey, by the way, I have a free gift for you. It's a free training made just for you to help you scale your business. You can grab it below in the comments and the show notes. But in exchange, could you do me just one favor? Share this episode with someone that you think could get the same value of it, that you out of it that you did, and help me spread the word to help more network marketers make less mistakes. See you on the next episode of the Biggest Network Marketing Mistakes Podcast.